to attract higher levels of good health, personal and interpersonal relationships, and a deeper connection with spirit, you've tuned in at the right time and to the right place. This is Awakened Hearts with Rebecca and Boyd Campbell. In our program, we'll provide intuitive readings, insight, and guidance to help you connect with spirit and experience more from life. Now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Boyd Campbell. Welcome, everyone. We are thrilled that you have joined us here today. We are your hosts, Rebecca Campbell. And Boyd Campbell. And you are listening to Awakened Hearts on the 7th Wave channel of Voice America Talk Radio. You can contact us by email, hello, at sundrahealing.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn, add us on Google+, and of course, visit our website, sundrahealing.com. Now, we have a special guest with us today, uh, and he is Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Now, did I say did I say that correctly? Yes, I do believe so, yes. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you? <laughs> Good morning. We're wonderful. Thank you. Uh, is it, uh, may we call you Miguel uh, throughout yes. the interview? Okay. Of course. W- wonderful. Uh, Miguel, I also wanted to ask you... Uh, you are um, N- Nguel. How do, how do you say the name of no, the... Nawal. 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 Yeah. Nawal. Okay. Yes. Okay, wonderful. And so my understanding is, uh, I guess, just a, a really brief background is that you uh, apprenticed with your father and your grandmother for many years. Yes. Yes, I and did. I'm a... Yeah, my father is uh, my father. And my grandmother uh, uh, taught me the family tradition. They continued the oral family from the Toltec tradition, and they taught me in their own unique way. Hmm. Wonderful. And so today we're talking about the Toltec to freedom. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the first thing that I was hoping you could talk about. Um, just briefly, would be the how the ancient Toltecs believed that life as we perceive it is a dream, and and the personal dream and the dream of the planet and how that all comes together. Well, sure. Um, well, the oral tradition that we come from came down from generations to generations. So the the knowledge I have of the ancestors come from the stories that my grandmother taught me, my father taught me, and the lessons they were taught by their grandfathers and their fathers. Um, from the point of view of the Toltec tradition, life is a dream because the, in, the main tra- in the Toltec tradition, the main function of the mind is to dream, which is simply to perceive and to project, that we perceive 360 degrees around us with, this, with our eyes, with our ears, with every single nerve ending, and we perceive it with our mind. And at the same time, we project. So to us, Everything, everything is a dream because we perceive it with a mind and we're perceiving when we're awake, what we know as the waking dream here in the States. And we also perceive in when we're asleep. And the reset is the thing that allows us to tell the difference between the two. So in the individual dream, what we, what we know as the individual dream, uh, the way it was taught to me was a very simple a series of questions, which was my father asking me, if I'm the voice that's talking in your own mind, Who's listening? And the answer is, I am. Well, if I'm the one who's listening, who's talking? And I am. 
And that's to us what the individual is, the relationship between me and me. What we know is the conversation between the mind and the heart or mind and body. But it's, it's this interaction within me of how I perceive the world and how I engage the world that makes the individual dream. And what constructs the dream of the planet is that we are 7 billion human beings living life at this very moment. And when we come together, we create the dream of us, our societies, our culture, our communities. They're constructed by the mutual desire to be together, to be in this bond. We call it community. We call it neighborhoods. We call it family. And when we come together, we create. We create a society. We create our language. We create these ideas that only exist by agreement. You know, and they only exist for as long as we say yes to it. And that's why cultures keep changing, cultures keep shifting. A, a belief only exists for as long as you say yes to it. As soon as you no longer believe it or change that yes into a no, that belief ceases to exist. So from that point of view, what we create as human beings is called a dream because we perceive it and we engage. And it's a, it's a co-creation of us. And to contrast that with nature, with the world. The world and the nature exist with or without us. It exists at this very moment because, well, that's li what life is. So we can say that we are engaging, we are living, and we are co-creating this life of ours. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So in your book, you talk about... Um um, mastery of self. Could you could you just elaborate a little bit on that for us, Miguel? Sure, of course. Well, for, for me and my my understanding of the tradition, the mastery of self is the moment where I stop pretending to be something I am not, where I let go of the conditions that subjugate my will, that I let go of domestication. That's just a term, or another way to say conditioning, or or uh, the act of trying to live up to an image that doesn't exist, and I'm trying to always live up to it. So the mastery of self begins when, one, I stop doing that. I, I begin to see myself as I am, that I can't go in the past and change a yes into a no, and I can't go into the future. It, it, I only exist in this present moment, and who I am at this very moment is the sum of every choice that I've ever made. But at the same time, I'm the youngest I will ever be. How do I want to live my life? How I want to engage life? And I become aware of that. I only control to the tips of my own fingers. I, I don't control the will of an, any other individual in the world, nor do I con control their perception. I only control my perception. I control mm. my will. I control this life that is me. And I am the constant in every relationship that I am in. From the moment I am born until the moment of my last breath, I'm the constant in every relationship. And the funny thing is that the only relationship I control is the one within myself. So to be a master of self is to let go of the conditions that exist in my own mind, but I begin to accept myself for who I am at this very moment and begin to love myself unconditionally. Wow, is that, is that um, when you talk about waking up, is that part of that mastery of yourself? You become, become aware of what, what's really going on around you? Yes, basically it's because part of the dream, like I was saying before, is part of uh, perceiving and projecting. So perceiving is to be able to be aware of my environment that surrounds me and see the world as is without any filters that distort it, 
but allows me to engage the environment that I'm in, a, a constant community. You can say that that's what awareness is in my environment and as well as within me. Nice. So I'm assuming once you start to wake up, there's no going back <laughs> when you start <laughs> seeing reality. <laughs> well, you, you know, the, the funny thing is that you can actually, because it's a, it's a, once you get into the automatic, once you start getting comfortable in that world, then you start, well, the thing about the automatic is that our yes and our no's become subject to a, a belief. And when we mm-hmm. get so attached to a belief, we begin to say yes and no without awareness. And, when, and it happens, can happen so quickly that it requires awareness of what we're saying yes and no to, that we're constantly aware of that. So to fall asleep or you can go to re- fall back to it is just simply to become attached to a belief. Nice. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're going to take this moment and we're going to slip into a break. So we will see everybody on the other side of two minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at sundrahealing.com. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of sunderhealing.com and register today. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Awakened Hearts. To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today with Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr., and we are talking about uh, uh, the mastery of self, and it's uh, the Toltec Guide to Freedom is, is the book that we're discussing of Miguel's. And Miguel, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about imposing subjugation and engagement in regards to relationships. Well, sure. Well, imposing and subjugation and engagement are these three are elements of how we relate to one another in, our, in the dream of the planet. You can say that. Let's talk about engagement, for example, first. To engage the dream of the planet, to gauge each other as we see each other as equals, that right now that every relationship I am in is in there because 
we both say yes. You know, we both have a create a bond that only exists for as long as we both say yes. If I change my mind or my beloved changes her mind, that relationship ceases to exist, which means that this relationship only exists for as long as she and I say yes. And here's the thing. In the individual dream is that my yes represents the moment where I choose to use the energy that animates this body, that animates this mind to manifest something. And my no is the moment where I choose not to manifest something. To respect myself is to respect my will, which is my yes and my no. To have free will is to be able to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life. And when I engage my beloved, when I engage the people in my life, to respect them is to respect their capacity to express their yes and their no, that their no is just as powerful as their yes. It's just like the relationship. It only exists for as long as people say yes. And the thing about this relationship or this bond, the only thing that will exist are the things that we both say yes to. If she says no to something or I say no to something, it will not be a part of this relationship, which means I celebrate and I enjoy when we say yes. And that's how we create the dream of us with harmony. Because I respect her, I respect you, I respect myself, and I can't give what I do not have. So in order for me to give that respect, I by learn by respecting myself. It's like learning to say namaste. If, in order for me to learn how to say namaste to you, I first learn to say namaste to myself, to realize mm. what it feels like to honor my own son. That way when I know when I'm, when it feels like, when I say the son in me honors the son in you, I know the experience. I know where it comes from. There's that awareness. So you can say Powerful. that harmony, if engagement, is being able to express that awareness of respect. That I, we, I don't control my beloved's will. I don't control her perception. I only control to the tips of my fingers. But that's what makes us equal, that we're both alive at the same time. And at the same time, we've chosen to engage each other. So to me, that's engagement. That's peace. That's, that's harmony within us. But then eventually she's going to say no to something I want her to say yes to. And because I respect her, I'm going to come up with every kind of argument or test. Here's my Yelp reviews. Here are my examples. Here are my witnesses. <laughs> and, I, and I use all these things to try to, for her to see it from my point of view. And if she likes it, she'll change that no into a yes. And that's respect. But if she says no, well, no means no. That's and you let it go, of course. But what if you become so attached to that yes and you really want it? And the only way to get it is to control her will. And the best way to control her will is for her to give me permission to control it. And the best way to do that is to make her doubt herself, to make her doubt her own capacity to say yes, to have her, her to doubt her own capacity to say no, to say, poor, look at you. Look at all the choices you've made. Let me think for you. And if I say it aggressively enough that I impose my will, that all of a sudden I believe that I can control beyond the tips of my own fingers. And she believes me. And she says, Miguel, you're right. You're right. Please think for me. At that moment, she subjugated her will to my imposing will. And imposing subjugation from that point of view also looks like peace, but it's not really peace. It's just a lack of respect because... At the same time, there's also no battle. That's what makes it look like peace. But someone has imposed their will and someone subjugated, and every parasite will find his or her perfect host. So from that point of view, it's imposing subjugation is when there's the lack of respect for one's will 
and for someone else's will. So I subjugate my will when I no longer respect my will, and I impose my will when I no longer respect the will of others, including my own, because now I need to control. I need to make everything fit my point of view. I become a tyrant. But the, the dream of the planet in the relationships, what we see is a battle, you know, because very seldomly does someone subjugate themselves so willingly. They, they will try to fight back or trying to impose. And you have a battle of who is going to domesticate who, a battle. For example, the majority of the, uh, of the arguments that couples have is who is going to domesticate who, who is going to make the other one subjugate themselves to their belief of what love should be of what a relationship should be or what a man or a woman is supposed to be in a relationship. And you can see the conflict in the world right then and there. And then there's the couples where, where both of them are so subjugated that nothing happens. If I put this to a dance, imposing and subjugation looks like tango. And someone says, I lead and you do everything I tell you to do and I'll make you look good. And then they start dancing and said, yes, I told you to make you look good. And then imagine uh, when they're both battling, they're both trying to lead. They're both going, I lead, no, I lead, no, I lead, no, I lead. And there's this, aha, as someone <laughs> wins. And then, and then when they're both so subjugated, it's like a junior high dance where both of them are so scared of one another that they're just dance stepping left to right without touching because nothing's going to happen. <laughs> but when you engage each other in contrast to those, it's like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers dancing on air. One may mm. be leading, but the other one is so great that they're making something look so difficult, look so effortless as they do something beautiful. So to me, these are the elements of engagement and imposing and, and subjugation, is that the way we relate to one another, and as we see it as a dance, it could all be a very harmonious, beautiful expression of individuals enjoying each other's company, each other enjoying what you're creating, or a perfect nightmare of a battle of who is going to win, who is going to control, because whoever controls the yes and no of our relationship controls the relationship, and it's a battle. So you can already see the contrast between unconditional love and conditional love. Mm. Wow. So you say... Um, um, I guess what I'm wondering here is uh, when you say the opposite of love is love, what what is it you mean by that exactly? Well, kind of like what I just described, the opposite of yeah. love is love. We always it's, think that it's hate or anger, but the thing is that hate and anger are just the instruments we use to implement the op opposite, which is love. Well, you can plainly put it, the opposite of unconditional love is conditional love. Conditional love is a complete distortion of real love. Love is an energy that allows us to bond with one another. It allows us to bond with it within ourselves. It allows us to bond with the people in our life. It allows us to bond with with every being and every everything in this world and universe. So imagine it like water, like it flows. Conditional love is putting dams all across the river and only allowing a little bit out just to keep something running but it only really opens up when certain conditions are met and very rarely do we meet them because those conditions are always an illusion and mm. all, everything is stuck everything is not moving but unconditional love is a river that flows free 
And when the river flows free, it has so much to give to everyone and everything. So you can say that, for me, unconditional love is the willingness to see life as is and, and, and give that respect. And because I have that for myself, I am the source of all my love in my life. And it's going to be expressed differently according to different people. Conditional love only wants to see what it wants to see. And it only allow you to experience love if certain conditions are met. And the problem is that that's an, that's, those conditions are set by an elusive carrot that you'll never catch. Right. There's got to be a little bit of fear involved with that, too. Um, oh, of course. Could, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was just, yeah. Uh, that would be part of um, uh, letting go, I guess, releasing that view of the world and just really being authentic to yourself and allowing yourself to truly love somebody or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, if, if, if you look from the point of view of fear, let's look at what fear does as opposed to what it is. The f fear allows us to keep us safe. It, it protects us when there's a danger and it allows us to freeze, flight, or fight in a moment. And it's basically the moment where our body releases adrenaline across our body in order to survive. And that's natural fear. If you have a rattlestick or a gun or some danger and a clear and imminent danger. <laughs> but we can corrupt fear at the same time. We can abuse it like we can abuse alcohol and drugs by having a false evidence appearing real. For example, you watch a movie like The Exorcist or The Blair Witch Project or whatever movie scares you. You watch it and there's no danger in front of you, but the screen and the sound put on a story that brings out all this fear in you, all this phobias, all this stuff, and you feel it even though there's no danger. Well, here's the thing. Our mind is more powerful than any projector or camera or screen. It could project onto things that don't exist. And there's always a danger on the corner when you project the, the worst and you start having that fear even when there's no no nothing to fear about so from that point of view we can easily abuse fear the way we abuse alcohol and drugs and of course we have that fear of love that we're going to lose love that we're going to have a heartbroken heart and all those things because usually when someone breaks up with us we feel i'm not worthy of and that self-rejection and the whole you know yes it's it's natural to mourn because we love someone it's natural it's no problem that's it's something that we all experience either by someone saying goodbye or saying goodbye with death or, or just simply moving on with their life. It happens to all of us, transitions of life. And when fear gets in there, it projects this image. For example, when we're young and we've experienced our first heartbreaks in our youth and we really believe that we'll never love again and we really believe it and the pain that we're experiencing is not just the, the pain of losing someone, but it's also the fear of, the, of, that, of that, that projected image of never experiencing love again and never, never have it good. And, and all these downward spiral forms of thought that, sub, that hurt us. So from that point of view, it's, it's just like alcohol or drugs. Eventually we get addicted. And eventually, if we want to let go of it, we have a moment of clarity. And if we choose to let it go, it can become a pivotal moment in our life.
But mm. if you're going to continue with it, you see, a moment of clarity that's followed by action becomes a pivotal moment in our life. But a moment of clarity that's not followed by action is just a thought that passes in the wind. Wow, I like that. Um, so what is domestication and how um, does it, that impact your personal freedom? I, know, I see domestication, I'm thinking of an animal or a pet or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, that's the thing is that we, we, we are beings that are able to self-domesticate. That's, you can say that's a huge difference between an animal and a pet. Uh, domestication is a system of reward and punishment by which we model the behavior of an individual. If they live up to the expectation, they get the reward. And if they don't live up to the expectation, we get the punishment. And since we are emotional beings, that reward feels like acceptance, which feels like love. And the punishment feels like rejection and the lack thereof of love. You can say it's the way we learn conditional love in our life. It's the, if we live up to the expectation of this image, then we're worthy of love and we accept ourselves and we embrace ourselves. But if we don't live up to the image, we reject ourselves. And you can say that everything we just talked about comes into play. Fear, uh, imposing and subjugation and all that kind of thing come into play when domestication comes in. Hmm. On, on that note, we are going to go to a break again. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of sunderhealing.com and register today. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at sundrahealing.com Be visionary This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel You are listening to Awakened Hearts To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking today with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., and we are talking about the mastery of self, uh, his book, uh, which is a Toltec Guide to Freedom. And Miguel, you talk uh, in this book about becoming a shapeshifter. Would you be able to elaborate on that for our listeners? Uh, sure. Um, basically, it's the... A shapeshifter is the moment where we let go 
of a mask where we no longer those as a definition. You can say that, and if we use those modern te- terms, we know we take off our identity. A mask and an identity are the same in our tradition. You know, they is basically to see ourselves as a definition or a symbol with a definition. So to take off a mask is where you can say I am no longer being defined by those beliefs or an idea. I start seeing myself as a living being, as the experience of life. As, that is me. So you can say that if I've been, if I have a mask, domestication usually requires a mask or an identity by which you model yourself. And when you begin to let go of domestication, when you forgive yourself for ever saying yes to conditional love, and you begin, you bring harmony into your life. What is left is a mask, an identity, because the dream of the planet has one condition, which is. I need to know who you are. So an identity allows us that opportunity because it's an instrument that allows us to create harmony with people. And it's also an instrument that allows us to construct relationships or to even know it's the icebreaker to find people who are like-minded that we can interact with. And since we're no longer using that identity to domesticate ourselves, it's just, you can call it undistorted knowledge. So it comes a point where in our journey where we decide to take off the mask, that we take on that extra step where I know knowledge and I are not one, that I'm the force that gives life to my life, that the energy I used, the same energy I used to move my legs, to move my arms, is the same energy I used to create a thought. And that an identity is just a thought, it's just a belief that I've used to define who I am. And I decided not to be defined by that anymore, and I take it off. I take off the mask, I take off the identity, and now I'm formless. I, my body may have a form, but the energy that animates this body, my mind, also doesn't have a form. It's completely free, and I can go in any direction in life. Now, the shapeshifter is because 7 billion human beings are all living life at this very moment, and 7 billion b- human beings see me from their own unique point of view. For example, let's just narrow it down. My wife, my my daughter, and my mom, the three women in my life. My mom will see me as her son. My wife will see me as her beloved. And my daughter will see me as her papa. All three see me who I am. Now, if I take off the mask, I see myself as a human being. But here's the thing. In their eyes... I, I'm someone somewhat different because they're all going to see me in their own unique way. And that's the thing. Just as much as I don't control the will of another individual, I also don't control their perception. And one of the things I did, I don't control is how they see me. Even, you know, when I was a teenager, we tried to make someone see us and we tried to rebel. But at one point, it, it, it becomes who's going to domesticate who. But if I stop doing that and I become aware that People will see me in their own unique way. My mom will see me as her son, and she'll always see me like that. My wife will see me as her husband, and that's going to be true for as long as she loves me in that way. And my my daughter's going to see me as her papa for as long, well, hopefully for the rest of her life. And and the thing about it is that they're all seeing a different element of me. You see, I'm a shapeshifter simply because people see me differently. Now the challenge. And what we normally call the mastery of self is, or you can call this control folly, is that 
my temptation is to believe these three projections because these are the three masks you can say that before I became aware that I used those masks to domesticate myself. My mom domesticated me to that mask. My wife domesticated me to that my mask, that mask. And my daughter's probably learning, but at this point she probably hasn't. Eventually she will. They all project the mask to me and they all expect me to behave according to that mask. And for me, the challenge is not to put those masks on, but to know that they, that's the way they see me and to respect that, to respect their perception of me. And if they see me for who I am, if they want one day, for example, what, what that looks like is to imagine my mom. To see her as mom is to always see her as the mask of mom, and she better behave according to that mask. But that attachment, that belief, won't let me see the woman she is. Her name is Maria, who prefers to go by Coco. And she is 64 years old, and she's reinventing herself because she's an empty nester. The last of her sons moved out of her San Diego home, basically the county, for her point of view, if all three boys live in the same city, they're still part of the nest. That's a huge nest. And all three of us have moved out. So now she's an empty nester and she's trying to figure out what she's trying to do. Now, to see her as a woman, to see her as the individual that she is, is to see life from her point of view, to see what she's going through, to have that compassion. Something that I wouldn't be able to do if I only saw mom and how mom's supposed to be so if we can see that concept, then I know that people will have that with me. So the shapeshifter simply is that awareness that people will see me in their own unique way. And every single one of these people will see me differently because every relationship will bring out different elements of me. They'll bring out, like, for example, my, my daughter will see the playful side of me. My wife will see... Well, a lot more. And my mom will see that boy or that's becoming a man. And there I am. So for me, I'm living my life. And I get to engage that. To me, that mask or that identity is just knowledge. The knowledge I'm going to use to interact with them. And that mask does not define me. I'm much, much more. So... Is the bond that allows me to have a connection with my family in a way that is different, to allow every relationship that I'm in to be an individual. And what makes it an individual is that every person I am, I'm in relationship with, they're different, totally different people. And I'm the constant. What am I going to bring to that table? That's up to me. What am I going to contribute to that relationship? That's to me. And how much I'm going to love them, well, that love is expressed dramatically different because each one of them will bring out different elements of me. Mm, that That is very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, I just, I really appreciate your uh, sharing that and your description of that. Um, just the difference with the perceptions and with the people. And yeah, that made complete sense to me. Um, now, Miguel, actually what we're going to do, this is the perfect time. So we don't get in the middle of something. We're going to, we're going to go to our break and we'll see everybody back here on the other side of two minutes. 
The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at sundrahealing.com. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of sunderhealing.com and register today. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Awakened Hearts. To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are here today with Don Miguel Ruz, Jr., and we are talking about the mastery of self. And, Miguel, during the break, we were just discussing uh, maybe what you would like to share with our listeners, and I couldn't hear you um, precisely. <laughs> so I'm, rather than um, asking you a question, I'm just going to let you start speaking uh, where your heart is. Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Well, well, to me, the point of all this work is to enjoy life, to enjoy being ourselves and allowing ourselves, enjoying being ourselves allows us to enjoy the people in our life. It's, it's about first cleaning and clearing and healing the relationship within me, you know, because as you can hear domestication, we self-domesticate uh, how uh, if I'm the voice that's talking inside my own mind, who's listening? I am. If I'm the one who's listening, who's talking? I am. If that voice becomes our active domesticator, then we have uh, this harmony in our own relationship that we have conditional loves, not only subjugating our will, but making us reject ourselves for not living up to this image. And we will always hurt from that. So we start out with a, a personal journey of healing. We heal the wounds of conditional love, and we do that with unconditional love. That's the gift that unconditional love does is the willingness to see life as is, to see ourselves as we are, and to heal the relationships we have within ourselves, to be. You see, with that healing, we get to begin to enjoy love. You see, it's the moment where we forgive ourselves for ever saying yes to conditional love. You see, that's the way we let go of conditional love. First, we have the moment of clarity. We become aware of how we've used our own word to go against us, that we haven't used our word impeccably, that we've used it like a scorpion that stings itself over and over again. We continue to say yes to conditional love. 
And the moment we become aware of it, we have a choice to continue to do so or to let go. And we accept the truth. We begin to see how we do it. And we make the choice to let go, to forgive that we've ever said yes to it. And yes, we are the sum of every choice we've ever made. But at the same time, we're the youngest we will ever be. We have our whole life ahead of us. How do we want to live it? How do we want to engage it? How do we want to manifest it? And it starts with ourselves. So unconditional love is to say say that this is who I am. I am. I can't go back in the past and change a yes into a no or no to yes because life doesn't exist in the past. It only exists in my mind and it probably didn't happen the way I think it happened. The future doesn't exist yet, which means the only place where I exist, the only place where I'm able to express my will is this present moment. This present moment that moves with me from the moment I am born until the moment I die. And this is who I am at this very moment. I am the sum of every choice. And this is the way I look. This is the way I feel. And this is who I am. And to accept that, to see myself like that, it's it. the whole world changes. The whole perception changes when I no longer pretend to be something I'm not and I actually see myself. That allows me to see the world as it is and I engage it and I respect it and I co-create with it. If if a nightmare was created, my domestication was there to create it for me. But now that I am no, I am in control of my will to have personal freedom is to be able to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life. How do I want to bring harmony into my relationships? So for me, that's the whole point of all this work, to heal the wounds that have created a wedge between me and the people in my life. Because I've healed the wounds within myself, I can now begin to heal the wounds with the people in my life. And thus, little by little, bringing that peace into my life, into our life. And while there's life, anything is possible. While we're all alive, anything is possible. We're alive to heal those wounds. Isn't that awesome? Um, very nice. So, um, on your book, you also talk about um, once released, um, we can live our true, authentic, loving self, um, not only in solitude, but in meditation. Uh, can can you um, elaborate a little bit on that force as well? That's really interesting. Well, sure. We, well, for one, we don't live isolated in a hill. We don't live isolated in an ashram. We don't live isolated in a monastery. We live in this environment. You know, There's this moment where we have this moment of clarity. And how we live our life, how we engage our life, is having that peace. You know, For example, we have a negative thought and a belief. Well, belief only exists for as long as you say yes to it. And it'll cease to exist the moment I change that yes into a no. So that meditation, that inward peace that we talk about, is basically that moment where we're willing to see life, that we're willing to see ourselves. And we let go of that, those conditions that didn't let me see, that didn't let me perceive life as is. So from that point of view, Engaging life is realizing that we are part of a community. And if there's people who've chosen to use their words for fear and anger, 
Well, let them experience the consequences of that choice. That's the thing about life. You see, to have free will is to be able to take responsibility for our own actions, to say yes and no, and the consequences. And consequences can be both good and bad, or negative or positive, whichever way you want to see it. You know, I, if I pay my bill, the consequences I have, I'll have electricity. If I pay attention to my wife and give her a hug and she smiles, that's the consequence. A wonderful, a beautiful experience. If I don't pay the bill, I, there won't be a light. And if I don't hug my wife, I won't see that smile. So what consequence do we want in our life? What do we want to say yes to? What do we want to say no to? So part of falling asleep is, I can say, is to forget that we have control to the tips of my own fingers. Like Eleanor Roosevelt said once, no one can make me feel inferior without my permission, which means no one can make me feel unconditional, sorry, no one can make me feel conditional love without my permission. No one can subjugate my will without permission and no one can control my will but me. And mm. will that will, will my yes and no be in harmony with life or will it be a complete dissonance with it? And that's the awareness. I control my will and I choose to create it with peace, with love, and with the awareness that I can use the energy that animates this body, that animates this mind to help create a better world. Yeah, powerful and beautiful. Um, yeah, so often we, uh, I think, feel like everything is out of our control. And um, you just shared beautifully with us, Miguel, um, how to understand that it's not, <laughs> that we do have the control um, that we need and the choices we make. Um, we are just coming in uh, to the end of the show. And it has been a wonderful show. Um, we are so grateful that you could join us today. I'm wondering, Miguel, if you would like to share, uh, how can our listeners reach you? How can they find you online? Where's the best place for them to go? Now you can find me at our website, miguelruizjr.com. That's miguelruizjr.com. And that's my home base. Of course, we have social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and all that kind of thing. But our home base is our website. And my father says miguelruiz.com. So you can find us on both. And that's the <laughs> best way. Okay, wonderful. And as far as your book, uh, The Mastery of Self, A Toltec Guide to Freedom, uh, where can people find that? Would that be on Amazon? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon, at, at Barnes & Noble, and your brick and mortar or your independent bookstore. It's, it's, it's out there. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And yeah. is there any uh, events? I know you do a lot of workshops and things um, in combination with your brother and your father. Is there anything coming up that you would like to uh, share with our listeners? Well, there's many events. I'm about to go on an East Coast tour. I'm about to go hit the uh, Virginia, Pittsburgh, uh, Maine, New York, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. Uh, but and also the event where all three of us will be is at, at the end of the new, for, us, for New Year uh, in Teotihuacan, a power journey where my dad, Don Miguel Ruiz, Don Jose Ruiz, and myself will be there teaching. 
So for more information on those events, you can go to our website, miguelruizjr.com or miguelruiz.com at our event section. Okay, wonderful. Well, then we're going to take this opportunity to say goodbye to you. Uh, it has been just a pleasure, and uh, oh, we you. would love to have you on the show again. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, it's a real honor to be there here, and I, I hope you guys have a wonderful time and enjoy everything. Yes, and you too. Oh, thank you. Uh, so just for our listeners, um, the last couple seconds here, uh, we are your hosts, of course, Rebecca Campbell. I'm Boyd Campbell. And you're listening to Awakened Hearts on the 7th Wave channel of Voice America Talk Radio. Join us next week, same time, same place. We will have Justin Patrick Pierce and London Angel Winters, and we will be talking about the yoga of intimacy. Don't miss it. We will see you next week. From our hearts to yours, namaste. Thank you for tuning in this week to Awakened Hearts. Please join your hosts, Rebecca and Boyd Campbell, again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until our next show, have an enlightened week.